Paying cash to check up on the fur on the mat with the wrestling. I'm the suplex assassin. Go to sleep on the matches. I'm the suplex assassin. Yeah, they work, work, work. Alice Kane put in work, clocking in every day and catch a check up on the fur on the mat with the wrestling. I'm the Good evening, everybody. Who's Pop Wrestling Podcast? And tonight, why I'm so blessed to have with me our guest tonight is the captain of the Boumaye Fight Club. He is the Mohawk Master Suplex Assassin, the Master of Submission. Boumaye, 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 Alex Kane. What's going on, my guy? What's up, man? I'm chilling. I, I just got off the game. I was playing uh, the, the new 2K23. It's interesting. It's coming along. It's, it's coming along. Those graphics are dope. They really are. Their graphics are insane. I'm just trying to, like, I'm just trying to immerse myself in this My Rise mode. Um, but uh, I'm playing the lock, which is, like, the male, the male story. Okay. It's interesting. I'm, 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 I joined uh, Evolution, so we're going to see how that goes. <laughs> I will say this. I will, I'm embarrassed to say this. I bought the 2K22 last year. I paid mm-hmm. $119. I had to have the NWO one, and I played it twice. So, Damn. <laughs> anyways, that's enough of that. Um, Mr. Suplex Assassin Alex Kane, how did you get into wrestling, man? How did I get into wrestling? Um, I've I've told several stories. Um, I guess the one that I can remember the most, um, I uh, went to a yard sale um in my neighborhood when I lived in Florida when I was growing up, and one of my neighbors, uh. He had a Stone Cold's Demolition. It was a VHS tape that they released, um, but it, there weren't like a bunch of them released, so it was, it was kind of rare. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't care about the rarity. Um, and it was, uh, it was uh, obviously about Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, I believe it was like a chronicle of like uh, his match leading, uh, his match with Kane leading up to like a first blood match. Um, yeah. There was a whole bunch of stuff going on in that in, in that uh, in that VHS, um, and that was like like my first like real introduction into wrestling. Um, and I watched it every day, every day. Um, it, I literally drove my mom crazy. Um, uh, so that, that was like my introduction into it. Like I didn't watch it like every night. Um, Cause I didn't know like where to watch it on like TV or whatever. So I just watched that over and over again. Nice, nice, nice. Um, now, I know you were dabbed in some MMA stuff, so can you talk to us about your MMA training and MMA experiences <laughs> before we go any further? Uh, less MMA, more collegiate wrestling. Um, okay. That's that's my background: collegiate wrestling, um, amateur wrestling. Um, I wrestled and I wrestled in middle school, high school, and college. Um, I actually got I actually earned a scholarship um, in college doing a doing their freestyle and Greco camp. It was the first time I ever did freestyle and Greco, but I thought it was cool. And that's the freestyle and Greco is kind of what led me to becoming the suplex assassin. Like that's where the idea came from. Okay. So what attracted you to wrestling then? Uh, what attracted me to it? It like, um, like very, very first, it was like the sets that they had, the WWE hat used to do. Cause now it's just the led screen. But before they used to come up with like, these intricate sets for each pay-per-view. Um, and then, and then I guess like going a little bit deeper, like the pyrotechnics and stuff that, that caught my eye, like, like that. Cause it was just always so cool. Um, and then like, I started like buying like the, the action figures 
Um, and I still have a bunch of those. My nephews have gotten to them and they're about destroyed. Um, but it is what it is. I had, I had my time with them. Um, so I would always like make like little shows and stuff in my room and like play through storylines and stuff like that with my toys. Um, so yeah, like it wasn't, it was never really like, like the in-ring action that brought me in. It was everything else surrounding it. And then like, as I got older, I got into like the in-ring stuff. Gotcha. Did you have a favorite wrestler growing up? Shelton Benjamin and Randy Orton. Randy Orton. I hope he comes back soon, Randy Orton. I hope he really does. But Me too. Um, One would say, Alex, that you are a combination between Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar, and Chris Benoit. Would you agree? Uh, I've heard that a lot. I've heard, I've, yeah, definitely. Brock was a huge inspiration for me when I was first starting out because Brock is just amazing. Um, and anybody who says that he's not, you're not a real wrestling fan. No, I'm just playing. Um, uh, Brock definitely, um, I've gotten, I had, I remember I was wrestling one match uh, up in Ohio and I was listening to the commentary back after watching it. And this uh, commentator said, I'm this generation's Taz. And I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so I've gotten a lot of comparisons um, that I enjoy. Some of them I don't, but those are the ones that I enjoy. Nice. Um, so watching those guys, um, is that how you develop your style of power, great techniques, master submissions, with just watching the other people? Uh, yeah, kind of. Um, that and, like, drawing on my uh, amateur and collegiate wrestling background, I kind of mixed them all and – and, and, and mixed it around and kind of made it my own. Um, but like the person that I would pat myself after, uh, just as far as like how I carry myself, the swagger and the confidence is uh, the gold standard Shelton Benjamin, that run. Um, that, that, that's the run that I enjoyed the most watching. Um, JB, you got anything? <clears throat> yeah. So what um, motivates you to get better every day as, as, a, as a wrestler? I don't know about getting better every day, but getting better every time I go out, step through that curtain. Um, you know, I want to. I definitely want to be one of the, the the greatest to ever do this. Um, no matter what level I end up getting to, but I want to be known as one of the greats to do this. Um, and like, just like, it's. I I think it's cool to, you know, def when you when you set out, you know, when you set out. Uh, to live your dream, to live out your dreams, or whatever. Like the little kid, the little kid in me is always like, "Oh shit, we about to do this next cool thing. We about to do this next cool thing." Uh, so it's cool to kind of live out, you know, live for like the little kid in me. Um, yeah. So that's, I guess, the, I could say that's really what pushes me along is living for little kid me. Because I never, as a little kid, I never thought I would actually get here. I didn't know how viable. Uh, being mm -hmm. professional wrestling or how to like how to actually do it. So now that I'm at the level that I'm at or whatever, it's nuts. Nice, nice. So in your career, do you ever come across things that you say, man, I don't know, um, you need advice? And if so, who's that guy that you go to, you call him up and say, hey, I'm struggling here. I need some advice. My, my I don't know. My promo sucks. Well, I need advice, man. Who do you go to? Uh, right now, I have – about four people, um, Shug Dunkerton, um, Shug D, um, he's been around for oh, 10 plus years. Um, he's seen a lot. He's done a lot. Um, I talk to him regularly. Um, O'Shea Edwards, um, he was the guy that I wrestled on the independence that 
kind of made me realize how good I can actually be in professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like my, that was like a breakout match for me. Um, uh, Matt Griffin, he books action wrestling in Tyrone, Georgia. Um, I talked to him a good bit, actually at five, um, Dylan Hales, he, um, he runs, I, he, he doesn't run IWTV, but like he works for IWTV. He does a lot of commentary. Um, he's been a huge part in me like really figuring out who I am and who I'm going to be and who I want to be and he makes me think about things differently um, and then uh, my boss at MLW Court Bauer um, he's wor- he worked under Vince um, he's been around the business for so long um, and he always gives me a new perspective to look at things um, and he's I mean he's he's accelerated my character growth these past two years at MLW Nice, nice. So you trained with AR Fox, am I correct? Yes, the whole Fox and Show uh, man who I hope becomes AEW World Champion one day. Uh, that man is amazing. How was the experience? Um, and did you did you or do you still um, pick his brains at times um, regarding your career in wrestling? Um, not so much because I feel like uh, I, I mean I I will sometimes, but I think he's still he's he's still a little like. He's still trying to take in, like, being at the level that he's at right now or whatever, being in AEW and trying to soak all that in. Um, when I first started, like, the first, like, year or two or whatever, I would – I would I'd go to training or whatever, and then, like, after training, I would just I would just stay and chill with him or whatever and just ask him a bunch of questions. Um, and that's one thing that a lot of the guys that are coming up now with the A4 – a lot of them are very, very talented, but a lot of them don't pick his brain the way that they should. Um, but Fox is one of those guys who will, like, you can ask a question, but, like, he's not just going to, like, hand it to you. He's going to make you work for it a little bit because um, you may figure it out on your own uh, while you're while in conversation with him. Um, but training with him was, was definitely the best decision I made um, because, like, because he's wrestled everybody – around the world, all the names around the world, especially the ones, all the ones that have been on the independents. Um, uh, he's just like a wealth of knowledge and he knows so much. Um, and like, he, it's, he never, he's never giving you his opinion when it comes to like a critique or something. He's giving you the opinion. He's giving you like the knowledge that somebody else who's making millions of dollars in this business um, gave him. So it's not like he's never he's never trying to like put himself over or anything like that. He's trying to give you the 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 best and most raw like version of the information. Um, one of the best things when I was first coming up with AR Fox was um, we would have a school show on Thursday, and then after that school show, we would we we go get our food or whatever. We come back to the school or we go to his house. And we would watch the show back, and he would give he would give critiques right then and there. Mm. He's not really able to do that now um, because he's so busy. But like that, that was extremely valuable for you know the class that I came up with. Awesome, man. Um, what are your thoughts of AR, AR Fox signing with AEW, and does that give you hope where you, your career can go as well? Being under, um, I mean. I, I definitely think that I could definitely go to AEW or WWE. Like um, I've I've been told that since since I started wrestling. Like people have always seen that in me, so there's never been any worry about that. Um, but definitely like seeing Fox finally like get 
like the shine that he has that's been like long overdue like long overdue like he's been one of those guys on the independence where it's like dude like why hasn't nobody picked this man up this man is amazing um so to see him do that uh it's, it's, it's not so much about hope for me to go somewhere it's just awesome to finally see him truly live live his okay. dream yeah okay now that leads into this question i have um with all the promotions around like roh impact aw wwe how did you become you, how did you choose mlw as your home uh they reached out to me kind of out of the out of the blue for me it was out of the blue for me it was uh like it was on like the back end of like like the heaviness of the pandemic um before like wrestling was about to come back um because they were they started like talking about like this open drafting that they were doing um so i got an email uh from saint laurent um, and I thought somebody was like playing a joke on me because like the the little the little uh, profile picture was just like oh it was white with like black with like a black eye things or whatever with like two holes in them so it kind of like eyes and I was like what is going on here? Um, so, but like my wife was like you might as well just go answer the email if it's a joke it's a joke but if it's something that could like help you out it's something that could help you out but you're never gonna know unless you actually answer it so I answered the email. Uh, but it basically said, like, hey, have, have you had any interest in working for MLW? And I'd said in many interviews before that, that that's a place that I would want to go to, like, um, develop my character, develop, you know, who I am in the ring, confidence, working on television, stuff like that. Um, so I agreed. Um, they sent me the contract. I signed the contract. And the rest is history. Um, I was I literally wrestled. I, was, I literally did two tapings. And then the third taping that I did, I was in the match for the National Openweight Championship, which I won. So they've they've been they've they've strapped the rocket to my back, and I've been I've continually I've continually delivered. So I think it was the best choice that I made for me. JB, um, so what has been your toughest match since you've been in the wrestling business? Like, what has been your toughest match, and your Dream match to be in in the future. My tough, actually, my toughest match was probably my debut because I debuted against AR Fox uh, at the A4 School Show, um, and I think I was like six six months in, and he literally threw everything but the kitchen sink at me. Um, and if you've ever watched an AR Fox match, that man moves with a pace that is that most people can't move with. Um, but yeah, that was definitely the toughest match that I've ever had. Um, I will still put that up in like my top five, and it's it's and it's not two, so it's one. Um, and then my dream match would be against Shelton Benjamin. I remember I was uh, I was on Twitter. I think it's uh, Idris Anofe. He's in NXT right now, um, but he got to he got to have a match with Shelton Benjamin, and I was I remember I'd come and I'm like I'm living through you right now. I'm living for you. <laughs> that's that's my awesome. Match. That's chat, awesome. The chat, Mr. B-Roll from TikTok. He's blowing up the chat. Boomaye, boomaye, boomaye. Boomaye, boomaye, boomaye. There you go. There you go. Thanks for joining the chat, Mr. B-Roll. So when you joined, um, you were part of the American Top Team, I think. Yes. You're now split it off and to form your own, the Boomaye Fight Club. 
you tell me a bit about that and how it came about, how it came to form? How did the Boumaier Fight Club come? Um, so I had to do some, uh, court gave me homework on the, uh, on Muhammad Ali. Um, and at first when he gave it to me, I was like, why is he telling me to watch this documentary? I mean, it's cool. It's great. I like, I'm a history buff. Um, but, um, he gave me the, he gave me the homework to watch it. Um, so I did. Um, and I remember it was the rumble in the jungle. Uh, in the Republic of Congo, and they were chanting Ali Boumaye, which means Ali kill him, Ali finish him, Ali finish him, Ali kill him. Um, and like, I didn't necessarily like catch on to it right then and there, um, but the kind of idea was to build a faction because most factions are built. This is some inside wrestling stuff right here. So most factions are built to elevate one person or whatever. So. Evolution or two people. Evolution was built to elevate uh, Randy Orton and Batista. Uh, the Hurt Business was built to elevate Bobby Lashley. So the Boomay Fight Club was put together to elevate to to elevate me. Um, and for me to my my plan with it is to elevate other people along with myself. Um, so uh, MOW is like heavily is in the past it was heavily like fight team faction based um and we're trying to get back to that um and since the whole american top team thing didn't really work out um i needed a faction but like it i didn't i didn't want to just like be like under somebody else so i kind of wanted my own thing um so we're so me in the office and stuff we're talking we're pitching ideas um in the Bumay fight club just it just kind of rolls off your tongue and it sounds cool and Bumay is fun to chant uh, for people and it's just it, it gets me hyped when I chant it. Um, so that was that was the decision that was the decision that was made. I be, I can't I think it was December. I think it was the same taping. I won the national Bumay championship. Um, we did like a little like press conference type interview. It's on it's on my TikTok or it's on YouTube. It's somewhere. Um, and it was basically like introducing, like this is the new era of MLW, the Bumai Fight Club, and all that other stuff. Uh, so it was just, it was basically a, it's it's basically a, a gimmick kind of or whatever to you know elevate me, and it's it, it has done that, it's elevated me. Nice, nice. Um, Mr. Biro, he's gonna, I, I'm gonna ask these two questions. Um, we need to see Alex Kane versus Josh Alexander. So actually, I think what is it? Two years ago or a year ago, um, I was supposed to wrestle him at this promotion in Atlanta, um, but it ended up. I, I can't remember what happened. It's either somebody got COVID or like they ran out of money. I don't. I, it was one of those two, um, but it ended up not happening, and there's been no mention of it before. Um, and I don't know why people. There's so many matches that I should be having that people don't want to spend the money to make happen, and it's annoying. <laughs> Me versus Jeff Cobb would be fire. Me versus Josh Alexander would be nuts. Um, uh, it was only two. It was only two. There's there's several others, but those are the <laughs> biggest ones. There you go. Um, he also said he uh, was thinking about today Alex Kane in an ROH Pure Rules rematch or Pure Rules match. I'm gonna be honest with y'all right now. I, everybody, everybody, I, I, pure rules matches are not for me. I'll do them if you pay me, 
but they're not my favorite at all. I heard death matches aren't your favorite either. They're not. No, I respect the hell out of deathmatch wrestlers, but I will, you will not catch me in a deathmatch. Oh, they got to do it either. Um, Bumaye, uh, the Fight Club. Um, is there a recruitment process? And are you? Are there any um, guys out there that you have your eyes on? I will not review reveal my recruitment process. Just know I'm always looking. Just Sorry? know I'm I'm I always got my eyes out. That's fair. So I gotta ask this. I don't know if um, I'm gonna say a name. Well, no. What do you think of what happened if the Boomaye Fight Club cross paths with Shane Taylor Promotions currently in the ROH? We beating the ass. Are you sure? Oh, we beating the ass. All right, because I would think if I had Shane Taylor on this same podcast, I think he'd be saying he'd beat your ass too. But... Of course he would. It's Shane Taylor. He's he's a chatterbox. He's a chatterbox. A chatterbox I respect. A chatterbox that that speaks facts a lot of the time. Oh, but I'm does. not gonna be like, oh, Shane Taylor promotions would beat the Boom A Fight Club. Hell no. Thanks for that answer. That's, that's thanks for the honesty, man. At MLA, how often do you guys tape and do live events? And where can fans watch the MLA? M- yeah, MLW. MLW. Sorry, MLW. MLA is uh, MLA is a wrestling promotion. They oh, okay. well, they they do re- they run in Georgia. Uh, it's like a um, it's luchador heavy. Um, gotcha. They draw really really well. It's really really nice. But uh, MLW, uh, we mainly run in the in the Northeast, so like Philly, okay. New York. Okay. Um, we have since I've been there. That's mainly the places that we have ran. We ran like uh, North Carolina once, um, and we ran Atlanta one time or whatever. But like, I, I, but North, the Northeast, Philly, and New York are their favorite places to go. Uh, okay. The office is favorite place to go. So that's mainly where we are. Um, you can watch MLW in all fifty states, um, in a, like sixty other countries on Reels TV. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can go on you can look, you can go on the Reels website um and they have like um a little link where you can click and you can type in your uh zip code and it'll tell you like what channel like Reels okay. is on for you. Like I watch it on Freecast. Um okay. it's a it's I mean Freecast isn't free, but it's like $7 a month, so it's nothing crazy. Okay. Um, so I watch it I watch MLW on there. Um, the MOW is also on pro wrestling TV fusion. is supposed to be on there, but fusion hasn't ran for a few weeks. I don't really know what's up with that. Um, and then also there's a lot of like MOW replays on, uh, YouTube. Awesome, man. Um, in MLW, if I say the name Calvin Tankman, what would Cry you be Calvin? Yeah. Cry baby Calvin. What's what, what what you got to say about Crybaby Calvin? I, I want to know what you have to say about Crybaby Calvin. That's uh, Crybaby Calvin. I mean, now I think the tensions have kind of like, uh, kind of like died down. I don't dislike him as much, um, but uh, the the feud was what it was. Um, I've if, if we do come back to it, hopefully we actually just get to go at it and not like not a whole bunch of like gimmicks and stuff like that, but. He's hell, he's a hell of a talent. That's why I wanted. That's why I wanted to recruit him. But he's a hell of a talent. But he may, okay. he does make still makes poor decisions. So I can see you're a hungry guy for uh, competition. Um, is there one guy that you say, man, I'm gonna go. That's this is who I want. And I want him bad. Uh, Hammerstone. Oh. Well, it's it's less about it's less about wanting Hammerstone. It's about what Hammerstone has, which is the MLW World Championship, and that's what I want. 
Um, but he currently holds it, so I'm gonna have to bust his ass. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> JB, JB. Um, he's gonna be in uh, Iowa next, I believe, next Saturday, and I'm um, at Rugged Mania. Um, probably what... doing his old Hulk Hogan shtick. Doing his, doing his, because Hulk Hogan's yeah. his favorite wrestler. <laughs> he doesn't know who he is. So he does that? Well, can't, where do you see? Where do you see yourself ten years from now, sir? Where do you see yourself 10 or 20 years from now? Hopefully in WWE or AEW or overseas in Japan making 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 a living off of professional wrestling, hopefully. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much where I see myself in 10 years. Hopefully five years. We'll, we'll see. Hopefully five years. That's awesome, man. He discussed with us being paired with MMA legend King Mo. And your King Mo is like a... It's like... The really cool uncle that you always wish you had, but you never really had, because I never really had that really cool uncle. Um, I still talk to King Mo sometimes or whatever, because he has an insane schedule. Um, but he is it's pretty awesome. Um, there's a few things that he, he actually was able to teach me as far as like getting into suplexes and stuff that I still haven't used yet. Um, but I need to I need to bust that out. But um, yeah, King Mo's dope. Awesome, man. Um Man, you're known for the hundred plus suplexes and the pain you put your opponents through. That's what that's what the internet's blown up with. Um, can you tell me about your dominance um, b- before crushing the spines and necks and the canvases of, of your opponents? It's your yeah. You just talk about the those. It uh, you know it's gonna sound a little like sadistic or whatever, but it does bring me joy. It really does bring me joy. <laughs> like if you watch my matches, I my mouth is always going. It's always going because I'm always <laughs> asking the person like, does it hurt? Like I don't, I don't. You you don't look like you don't look like it hurts. Let me do something else to you. Let me do something else because I, I I need to know that that this really is really like bringing you like. Immense pain, like they like it. Just it just gives me goosebumps. Nice, I enjoy. Nice, nice, nice. I read that um, you. This is a this is crazy amazing. Um, five hundred pound deadlift without using a belt for support. Is that uh, just normal yeah, for you? Was, uh, so I I so I trained I trained for that or whatever because like my wife is a power lifter. Um, so like the the competition between me and her was who can deadlift 500 first, um, and since I was not a powerlifter and I was just lifting weights, I was like, I'm gonna beat you to this. Um, so so that 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 was that was the uh, that was the goal. That was a that was a a benchmark for me. Um, and then like a month or two later, I deadlifted like 515 on a whim. I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's see if I can do it or not. Let's see. Oh, whatever. And I didn't. I did it also with no belt. Um, I now deadlift with a belt, not because, um, not because of like any injuries or things like that or whatever. But like de- doing it without a belt was a feat that I wanted to reach or whatever. But it's not something I regularly do. Okay. So now, is there bragging rights in your house? Uh, does she can she lift that too, or do you guys go still go at it? Uh, there, there's there's always going to be bragging rights as far as deadlift goes. Um, as far as deadlift and bench goes, but she out squats me on any day of the week. Nice, nice. All right. Um, your college experience and high school experience in wrestling, 
did that lead to your decision and what did that help shape your mind about the um sport of wrestling and the business of wrestling uh the business of wrestling not so much but now that i actually kind of think about it like all wrestling is kind of there's kind of the same. There's all there's poli- there's even there's politics in in, am- in amateur and collegiate wrestling, which is just really came to my mind because uh, I remember being there like um, in college and we would always be talking like why are there politics in wrestling? Like go out there on the mat, shake the guy's hand, take the guy down, pin the guy, and let's go for, go home. Well, there's always somebody trying to like get over on somebody. Um, it didn't necessarily shape shape it from a business aspect, but it did shape it from a stylistic standpoint, um, and like how like I want my matches to feel and I want how I want them to flow, um, because like fans know what wrestling is at this point or whatever, and that's not bad. Um, it is what it is. Like, but like I want them to I want them to be able to suspend that disbelief for for however long I'm in the ring, and to feel like like someone's actually in danger. Like I could snap off and and hit, punch a fan in the face or whatever, or like really, like really like destroy this guy and like end his career. Like just, I, that's all I need for that little bit of time or whatever gotcha. to yeah. get you lost in it. Gotcha. So let's bring it back to like 2019 during the pandemic time of our lives. We all experienced it. We all watched uh, wrestling surrounded by TV screens, et cetera, et cetera. What was it like surviving the initial pandemic as an unsigned wrestler at the time? Uh I mean it was it was all right. Um uh I had gotten laid off uh like a week or two into like the initial like announcement of it. Um because I I was working for a roofing company and I went to deliver something to a guy um and I came back and then like the next day my boss texted me he's like oh you know the guy that you you delivered something to uh he ended up having covid um so um he was they were like really hysterical about everything they were like we're just we're we're just gonna like keep you at home or whatever we don't wanna uh we don't wanna like risk anything um I ended up not having covid or anything like that um but like because business kind of slowed down uh, slowed down um like they were like managing like funds and stuff and like i wasn't at when i initially started the job i was like a a city inspector um but like the city that they um the city that they had me in which was noon in georgia um though the jobs kind of slowed down there so i was just like doing like uh pay not not payroll stuff but like um insurance and stuff for the roofers for the for the crews and stuff like that um so they so i was kind of like i wasn't dead weight to them because i never said i was dead weight but i was essentially dead weight i was just collecting money so they cut me um so i kind of lived on like the the stimulus checks and like the unemployment for for a good bit of that time that was nice i was actually able to like actually like save some money that was nice. Um, so it wasn't entirely terrible. And then, like, there was a promotion, and there's a, a there is a promotion in Alabama called Pro South Wrestling, um, and they were still running like no fan shows. Um, and they were they'd only pay like fifteen twenty dollars or whatever, and it was only like an hour from where I let where I lived. Um, so I would go there and wrestle every Friday. Um, so that also kept kept a little money in my pockets. Um, so uh, I, I did all right. I mean that. 
that whole period of time is where I was able to like really like hone my craft. And that's actually where I got discovered by a guy named Scott Hensley, who runs the Scenic City Invitational. Um, and that that whole ordeal set my career like on the on an upward trajectory. Awesome. Um so what was it like being the MLW National Open Weight Champion? And is there anything you would like to say to the current MLW National Open Weight Champion, Alex Hammerstein? Alex Hammerstone is not the current National Open Weight Champion. He's the, he's the heavyweight champion uh, or the world champion. The current uh, uh, National Open Weight Champion is John Hennigan. Um, Johnny Nitro, whatever the fuck they call that guy these days. Tom's playing. He's cool. He's a cool guy. Um, <laughs> Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't, my, my focus isn't on the national open weight championship anymore. I mean, if I get another opportunity, I'll take it and I'll take the belt, but like, that's, that's not even on my radar anymore. It's a world championship. Um, but being a national boy champion was cool. One, because I was the only, I was the second one because Hammerstone was the very first, I was the second. So to be the second person, to be the, to be the person that Hammerstone kind of like passed that torch to was dope. Um, okay. I, I wish the run the run was cool. I wish the run would have been cooler. I wish I would have been able to like go and like defend it, um, and on the independence and stuff like that. Like Davey got to do, um, but I I enjoyed it. Um, it was cool. Like like going to like some of the indie shows and just being able to walk out with it, um, and to see like all the little black kids in the in the in the crowd and stuff like that their their eyes like lit up and being able to like take those pictures and stuff like that was always really really cool um because it's a really nice belt um but yeah it was a really it was was a cool experience for me um and it was a nice like little like training wheels type session type situation to see you know could i carry an even bigger mantle and i definitely can so we got Matt Rogers, my um, homie, my uh, partner on the Tuesday Thursday show. He said, "Bumaye, it's the Suplex Assassin." It he is. Asked, where is your favorite venue you have wrestled, and where would you like to perform? Uh, my favorite venue, I have to say, is the Twenty Three Hundred Arena, um, just because just because of the history of it, and because I'm a fan of like stages and rants. Um, that's my favorite thing. Um, so that's probably my favorite. Um, I ah, mm, mm, actually no. Okay, I got three. Let me let me let me let me, let me do this. I got three. Um, so one is definitely <laughs> Philly. Two is uh, the Crash in Mexico, and then three is uh, in Oberhausen in Germany. Um, the the setup there looks really really cool. It kind of feels like NXT uh, in a sense, how NXT used to be, not now, but how it used to be. Um, and then where do I want to wrestle next? I want to wrestle in the UK. Um, hopefully at some point, like I can like wrestle for like progress and stuff. Um, I think that would be cool. Nice, nice, nice. Um, what is your thoughts of uh Taya Valkyrie making her AEW uh, debut last week? Get that bag, sis. Get that bag. I'm so excited for her. She's also a really, really cool human being. Um, you know, like she, like, every, like anytime she sees me, we'll like we'll talk. We don't talk about much of anything, um, but like we'll we'll catch up. Um, you know, things going on in wrestling, but um, she's like, she's like way up here in my opinion, um, and like she never has, she never has to 
you know, talk to me or whatever. She's a star, but she's always been like super cool and cordial. Um, so I'm extremely excited for her. Hopefully she can still be in MLW uh, kicking ass in the featherweight division. But if not, it is what it is. But I'm glad that she is finally back on like a major, major level. Um, and the world gets to see the talent that she is. You guys have a lot of talent in MLW, I would say. I look through their roster and all these guys, all these women and guys, um, you're you're amongst a bunch of superstars and you're a superstar yourself. So again, I thank you for uh, coming on. I got, I've got several more questions. I uh, apologize. Um, like I said, we are foster parents and we just got a phone call that we're going to have a four-year-old coming in here tonight. So oh, that wow. Makes, that makes eight now tonight, just like that. <laughs> Anyways, MLW announced, uh, and I'm not going to get this name right, Shigeru Iri versus Alex Kane at the yes, MLW. Yes, Shiggy, baby, Shiggy. But he's killing it right now. He just won uh, 16 Carat at WXW um, in Germany. Uh, uh-huh. He's having one hell of a run right now. Um, I've watched a lot of his work. Um, I think we're going to have, like, a, a, a good, like, Japanese-style uh, match, hard-hitting, strong style, I guess, if you want to call it that. Um, but I am definitely excited. That's that ladder match, correct? No, no, no. It's not a ladder match. Just no, not a ladder match. match. Um, it's just a ballroom. It's in Melrose Ballroom? Yes. April, uh, April 6th in New York City. Yes, War Chamber. It's going to be... War Chambers, that's what, yeah. So Now I got another thing, reason why I can convince my wife to go to New York. I've always wanted see? to go to New York. Now I got to come. because I got <laughs> I to I go see MLW. I mean, what... You know, and on the way up to Georgia, I'll go stop at MWA or something like that. However, I said that. Um, how okay, so we have you, you, you did the indie scene for a while, and um, have you found any difficulties in the transition from indies to the TV wrestling like you do? Um, yeah. I think the biggest difficulty was realizing that, like. On TV, you got to cut the fat. Um, on the indies, like you can have these long buildups on your entrance. You can, you know, have these extended like front halves of the match or whatever. But like, uh, it, on TV, you got to get you got to get to the point. You got to get to the point quickly because like on TV, like your entrance, your entrance to your entrance in your match, the time is combined. Or whatever. So if you if they give you 15 minutes and you take five, you and the other guy, you know, take five minutes getting to the ring or whatever, then you only have like 10 minutes. Or if they give you six and you take a bunch of time in your your entrance, you only have two. And you, when they say you have to go home, you have to go home. <laughs> uh, so it's definitely um, taught me to like simplify things because like you don't have to be moving at 100 miles per hour if you pace the match correctly and you also don't have to do a thousand moves if you establish you know the thing the moves that are important to you um so it's definitely uh something that i try to pass on to uh the guys coming up you know under me um not under me like i'm training them but under me is like they're they're watching me do this or whatever and they want to do this as well um, like TV wrestling is way easier in my opinion and a lot more fun. TV wrestling is more fun than indies. Oh yes. Like the indies, like I love the indies. Um, but like, I feel like people be doing way, people be doing too much. 
they be doing way too much. They be doing way too much like stupid stuff, unnecessary bumps and stuff that don't ever get them don't don't get them any more over than they were when they came in. Um, and then some people it works out for them or whatever, but a lot of people it doesn't. Um, and like it also doesn't like guys will get paid like two hundred two hundred bucks and will go. Like, we'll do a bunch of like wild, crazy, dangerous stuff. And I'm like, this $200 is not going to pay for any of these medical expenses that you may have <laughs> from doing yeah. dumb shit. Like, yeah. like, you can take calculated risk, but you don't need to be going out here like killing yourself for $200, bro. Yeah, for sure. Even $500. Like, no, like, chill. Tell a right. story. Telling right. a story will make your life a lot easier. Right. You, and you um, like, I tell guys, you can. You can tell a story. You can build up to something crazy, but you don't have to take fourteen crazy bumps in this match or whatever. You can take one, build up to it, and make it actually mean something. What does what do fans mean to you and your merch table and and the interactions that you get with them? If you get what, how does that? What does that so play? In I'm going to be honest with you right now. Uh, I don't really, I don't really sell merch like that. Um, okay. uh, it's always. Selling at the merch table, it's always weird. Like, you think that you're gonna go sit here, sit at this merch table or whatever, especially if you have like a really good match, people cheering for you. The people are gonna like come to your merch table and want to buy a bunch of shit, but that's normally not how it happens. So, I really don't, I don't really mess with it that often. Um, right. but I'm definitely gonna try to get back into it. Um, but uh, you know, the fans, like, I think as wrestlers, sometimes we only treat them as that transaction at the merch table. Um, mm. We don't interact with them outside of that. We don't treat them like human beings, but we want them to treat us like human beings or treat us like stars. Um, and I don't necessarily agree with treating them, not treating them. I don't agree with treating them just like a transaction. Like I try to interact with all of my fans as, as much as I can, um, you know, but like, I mean, there's, there's certain lines that you don't want to cross or whatever, but like, if you establish those in the beginning or whatever, they're not going to cross those lines. And if they do, then you cut them off. But like, if a fan messages me or whatever, asking a question, I'm not going to like ghost them or not answer their fucking question or be a dick about it or whatever. I'm going to give them the most honest answer I possibly can give them. Um, I love getting those messages from people that say that I inspire them. Like, that's awesome. That's like, that's why you should do this to inspire other people, whether it be in, you know, another part of their life, or maybe it's to get into wrestling. Like, I think that's awesome. Um, when I see people on Twitter and they'll, they'll ask a question about MLW and somebody who will not be named uh, will give them, will give them like some like, cut dry answer i'm like no bro like they're trying to engage with you or whatever engage with them like treat them like a human being right right now i'll tell you that that statement right there means a lot to me as a fan and um as a as a podcast guy i do that i do this to meet people like you to i mean and you guys I'm, I'm, i'll be honest you guys um encourage me as mm -hmm. well the people i come across you guys are encouraging to me um, so my that many double T has a question. Who is your dream opponent, and how would you book that match? Uh, the dream opponent will always be Shelton Benjamin. Um, it'll always be Shelton Benjamin. How I I don't know how I book that match. Um, I'm not a booker. I don't book matches. Hopefully, I go over. But I mean, 
Yeah, I guess I guess that's how I booked the match. I'm gonna win or whatever, but he gonna he gonna beat the shit out of me. But I'm gonna come out on top. All right, Josh, uh, you have just, any more? Just one more thing about like like fans and wrestling interactions. So like, if I know like I don't know, especially on a lot of social media, like wrestlers, like we're always complaining about wrestling fans. Like like we were talking about before we got on the air, like. Wrestling fans trying to like be in on, I will I put it like this: they're trying to be in on the joke instead of enjoying, instead of laughing at the joke. Um, but like on the same like token, like if 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 I treat you like you would like you would want to be treated. Actually, no, fuck it, never mind. I'm I'm rambling at this point. Continue. You're good. No, go go. You're good. I'll watch you. Um. If I if I treat you if I treat you with kindness or whatever I would expect you to treat me with kindness. If I treat you like you don't actually matter, but the only thing that actually matters about you is you opening your fucking wallet or whatever, then like you're not you're you're gonna get that same energy back. But like they're not asking you to open their wallet; they're just not gonna fuck with you or whatever. Like, or they hate you; they're gonna speak bad about you. Or if something happens to you, they're not gonna care. Um, I think. The thing with wrestling, like I think we should be trying to build genuine connections with people that you know look up to us okay. instead of just being like, oh, uh, yeah, just buy a shirt, um, and then that's the only interaction that they have. Because a lot of people think that there's like this, oh, they think you're this huge star or whatever, so you got to act like a huge star. But what, what is that? What is that? Like, if like you like some wrestlers can just be a-holes to fans or whatever and that makes them a star or that or, or whatever but like if i want to like talk to these people um that i'm still a i'm still a star or whatever however you want to put that i'm still a star regardless whether right. i talk to these people or not i just rather talk to these people right awesome man thank you for that um so i got what i call short answers um JB, you got any questions for him before we... Yeah, I got a question for you, bro. Um, so, Enzo More, how you like... Have you, would you work with him ever, Enzo? Uh, definitely. Um, I remember we were in... I think we were in Texas. Um, we were in Texas. Uh, and, you know, I was just try, trying to, like, pick his brand on, like, like the business and stuff. Um, and he was very, very inviting about it. He's always been really, really cool to me. Um, and, you know, I, I enjoy having him at MLW. Like, <laughs> I don't care what anybody else says, that man is a gem. So there's a joke on TikTok, okay? And there, <laughs> you guys, uh, Hughes Pop and uh, Matt. So I do the Enzo dance. You got to check it out. I had a <laughs> – it's really cool because I got the hair going and I do the dance and I got the certified G shirt and I – Wanted to ask you that because Enzo is one of my favorite wrestlers too. And like, I, I look up to him a lot and I like how he talks in the ring and, you know, getting to know you, you know, it, it's awesome. I want to say as a fan, I thank you for everything you do in the ring and everything you do. I, I appreciate you, man. Keep up thank the good work. Enzo is a heat magnet. That man, he will cross, like, he'll cross the line, but he won't cross the line so bad to where it's like, okay, what the fuck? But he'll cross the line to the point where, like, 
Oh, he really said that. <laughs> I can't be mad at him because he's because he's speaking facts. Yeah, um, I like so Enzo, like, man. I like yeah, Enzo. Uh, so we're talking about people that speak, I guess, facts. Um, what's your take on um, MJF? Uh, I, 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 I've, I've, I've seen a lot of takes on like like uh, uh, TikTok and stuff. Like, oh, he's boring. Oh, he's this. He's not boring. He's not stale. Like, he knows who he is. He knows how to get, you know, the heat that he needs to get. Um, but, like, he's not my cup of tea. Um, I'm not, I, I don't look at MJF and I'm like, oh, I'm intimidated by this guy. Like, I don't, I don't think that I could beat this guy. Like, no, he doesn't, he doesn't give me those, those feelings or whatever. Um, he sound in the majority of the time to me, he just sounds like a spoiled, a spoiled little kid who's gotten everything that he's wanted in his life or whatever. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, yep. he, he, he's, he's, he's not my cup of tea. Awesome, man. So short answer segment. Um, what's your favorite wrestling promotion? Uh, like like watching like on TV as a fan. Yeah, as a fan. MLW because I'm on there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, fat, fair. <laughs> favorite male wrestler of all time. Shelton Benjamin. <laughs> How'd I know? <laughs> favorite favorite podcaster of all time. This guy. Huge pop. <laughs> no. Favorite female wrestler of all time. Oh, uh, ooh. Jazz. Okay. Favorite current male wrestler. Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. All right, let's talk about Roman Reigns real quick. Does he retain or does Cody Rhodes take the belt? He is dusting Cody Rhodes. There's no reason. I don't. I Cody Rhodes is cool or whatever. And, like, it would be cool for him to, you know, win so, like, he could be the first Rhodes to win a world title. But, like, the Sammy story was right there. It was right there. That's all we, that's all we needed. That's, that's what we needed. That's what we needed. I don't care if they've already wrestled. They can come back and wrestle again and do right. it again at WrestleMania. But this Cody, Cody can wait his turn. Like, I don't, I don't, mm. Cody's cool, though. He's cool, though. But, oh, um, I agree with you. I agree with you. Roman Reigns is going to mop the floor with him. My wife is over here saying Cody Rhodes. Uh-uh. Roman Reigns. I'm, today, I agree with Alex Kane. Cody, Roman Reigns beats Cody Rhodes, hands down. Uh, what's your favorite theme song? Ooh, My Time. Uh, Triple time. H's 2000 theme. Oh, my God. That's such... I don't... I, I, would, I just want to have a conversation with that man. I just want to be like, yo, look, you don't understand the fire that you have with that theme song. And then you go with this Motorhead garbage. Motorhead's cool, but it's not my time, bro. My time is money. It was fire. It was. Um, least favorite theme song? Uh, ooh. This theme song that they have Austin Theory using now, the A Town Down, that shit's lame. It's, it's he's lame. It's he's lame. I hate, I can't stand that guy. He's lame. But anyways, um, where am I at? What's your favorite? Okay, we got that. Who had the greatest influence impact on your life? Uh, like wrestler or just like person? Person. Uh, my older brother, um, okay. Henry. Uh, um, I like. A lot of the things that I did in life, 
uh, growing up, I did because I wanted to be just like him. Um, I've surpassed him now. Um, he's acknowledged that I've surpassed him now. Um, but he was definitely, you know, the person that I looked up to and wanted to be like. Awesome. Do you ever get tired of constantly working shows? Um, no, I wish I was working more shows. Honestly, it's the, the biggest, the, I think the biggest challenge for me at the point that I'm at now is people, people, uh, people want to be stingy with the, with the dollars. Uh, they want you to come in and, and do a bunch, do a whole bunch of stuff or whatever for a little bit of money. And I, 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 don't, I don't like that. Okay. Well, who's your closest friend in the industry? Uh, Shug D. Shug D. Favorite food. These are I got a question from the kids. Favorite food. Um, oh um schnitzel. I had it for the first time in Germany. You put a little lemon on it or whatever. Money. Money? Okay. Favorite fast food restaurant, I guess. Favorite fast food restaurant. The one that I frequent the most is McDonald's because some fries is just amazing. Like <laughs> All right. Favorite music artist? Ooh, I I don't really have one. I'm just okay. going to be honest with you. Okay. Um, favorite video game? Because I know you play video games. Uh, my favorite video game is the Hitman series. Uh, Hitman 1, 2, and 3. Awesome. Well, that does it. Well, actually, what about your song? Tell me about your song that I played for you. You still use that song? Do you like that song? I don't use that song anymore. Um, I I normally use that when I'm like a baby face, but like generally right now, across the promotions that I'm working on the independents, I'm a heel, so I use um a different song. Um, if you watch any like in my MLW promos, you can kind of hear it in the background. Huh? Um, but it's the song that I use now is like more Boomaye focused, so it has uh -huh. lyrics and stuff like that. I mentioned Boomaye, um, but yeah, but everybody loves that song that more is, than the one that I use now. That's a shit, that's a fire song. I love that song. It I is, like, uh, it's very so heel or face. Who, what do you like doing best? Um, you know. I like being a baby face, but I've heard from several fans. I've heard from several uh, colleagues that I am just a way better heel. But, like, I'm not, like, I guess you could, a lot of people would say, oh, you're the cool heel. Like, I'm not trying to be cool. I'm just being myself. Um, and if people, like, tend to, like, like, you know, the cocky brashness that I bring to a heel character. Um, but he, but I guess as time goes on, as time has gone on, I've learned that I do like being a heel more because I can get away with more. I can do more. I can say more. Um, it's just a lot more fun. And then if you choose to love me as a heel, then like, I can't help you with that. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. Man, awesome. And um, well, that does it for my questions. So do you have any closing remarks, any warning shots to your up and coming opponents? Or locker room at the MLW, and where can people buy your merch and find your social media? Okay, first of all, uh, Hammerstone, uh, you a hater. You always been on some whole shit. Um, I'm winning the battle right, and then I'm coming after you. I'm taking that belt. I'm putting my foot on your chest. I will end that match. Will end with my foot on your chest because you a hoe. Um, two Shiggy, can't wait to wrestle you. It's gonna be a bagger. I would have. I ain't got no hard feelings towards you. Because you ain't, you ain't done the whole shit yet. But if you do some whole shit, I'm coming for your neck. Um, 
You can find my merch on mlwshop.com and brandbustertees.com. And then as far as uh, social media goes, uh, follow me on Twitter at Alex underscore Kane 11. I'm hilarious. I post wrestling content and I share funny TikToks. Uh, so you should definitely follow me on there. It's a good time. Um, Instagram at uh, Alex Kane. No, I may change it to the Suplex Assassin. So it's Suplex Assassin again. Or whatever. Follow me, follow me on Instagram, Suplex Assassin. Um, uh, a lot of people keep adding me on Facebook. Um, and, you know, I guess this is a, this is the best time, good time to announce this also. If you're going to add me on Facebook and I don't, you've never been to a show of mine, you've never bought merch of mine, and you're just a fan of mine, buy some merchandise and then I'll, and then I'll, uh, uh, I'll accept a friend request. Uh, but if I've worked with you, we, 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 we can be friends. Um, follow me on TikTok at Alex underscore Kane 11. Cause I, again, I'm funny. I'm hilarious. And I post wrestling content. This sure. is the things that you want. The two things, the, the world's coming together. That's awesome. Uh, and then, so, I think, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it. So <laughs> I should be friends with you on Facebook. Cause, uh, we talk here. Yes. Yeah. I'm buying, hey, I'm, buying hey, merch, hey, I'm buying merch from you. So hey, I can I be friends. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> um, my, my, it's been my pleasure. Um, thank you, uh, Alex Kane, Suplex Assassin. Um, thank you for the opportunity to get to meet you, to get to um, pick your brain on some stuff of uh, MLW career, your up and your whatever your up and coming matches. Um, I'm thankful so much for you to be here. Thank you, JB, thank for you jumping. for having me on. Allowing no problem, me to Talk because I like to talk, as you can see. If you watch MLW, you can see that I love to talk. I don't shut up unless I'm beating somebody up. But then again, I don't shut up either. Um, I really, I, I actually enjoyed this. You know, there's some podcasts that I do. I'm just like, what are we doing here? But I enjoyed this. I really did. Thank um, you, thank you for answering my questions too. I appreciate you. your. Hey, no thank you, thank you, man, for everything you do, and I mean, good luck to you. Everything you do, man. Keep up the good work. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you again. Appreciate sure. you. Thanks for the compliment, Mr. Kane. Um, I really appreciate that. That means a lot to me. Um, I I work my ass off to come up with questions and do some research, and I just love meeting guys like you, and it's just phenomenal. So it helps me, like I said earlier, it helps me escape reality for that moment. And I think the hugest thing for me, I just try to be genuine. I'm like, I always tell people like people ask, Oh, what's your character? My character is me being myself. I'm literally being yes. myself. I'm being the most genuine, the name, my name, the only thing that's changed is the name. That's it. The only thing that changes right. the name. I'm just being myself. And I will say this, um, you and Shane Taylor are identical in that way. Mm-hmm. He came on, several months ago and he said the same thing he's just he's just being himself if you don't want like him for who he is then that's not my that's not his problem so exactly. i appreciate i appreciate you being yourself mm-hmm. that's what that's what us fans want so yeah most people are here pretending to be something that they've never been in their entire life and they want right. they want fans to take them seriously child right. please right right so um, i'm gonna play the song um don't don't go out of the lobby i'm gonna end the podcast um hbw podcast thank you again alex kane thank you jb wrestling fans check us out on all social medias tiktok twitch youtube facebook page uh again it's been an honor to talk to the uh, the suplex assassin alex kane suplex assassin go to sleep on the matches i'm a suplex assassin yeah, yeah. for the grand for the grand suplexing on the island